Welcome everyone, we're back with Keely Connolly. Um, we've got an amazing chat today um, ahead of a gig on Sunday um, at Golden West Brewing Company. Um, how are you on Keely? Good, how are you? Yeah, I did Keely's yesterday, interview yesterday, and just really buzzing from lots of music stuff this week. So. Yeah, nice. Do you mean Maddie's? Yeah, Maddie's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you meant. Um, and you, you've driven out from Gidjigana? Yeah, from the hills. From the hills. Back in the flats in society. <laughs> yeah, and now we're, now we're at Steph's place, Steph and Andrew's place. Um, it's a cool house. Very cool house. Um, how are you feeling ahead of the gig on the Sunday? I'm excited. It's been a lot, well, I played at the Livid event, but that was kind of like a last minute event that popped up. But other than that, Mingle was kind of my only gig for the year so far. So, yeah, I'm excited and I'm excited for the unique concept that's gonna I'm gonna experience when I get there. Yeah, I hope you like it. Um, I think I will. Yeah, I think it'll it will evolve more in the other gigs this year. Um, but um, yeah there'll be yeah just like a really warm welcome and by trying to like what's the word, make people feel like they belong from the second they get there. That's yeah, like the that's nice. And then um, obviously settling for the music and then in between um, yeah just a really like What's the word? Open kind of environment to, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So you know, see how you like it. And there's re- reclusive like places as well where like if you just t- had too much stimuli, you can kind of like hang out and just breathe. I um, like that. Means people can adapt at their own pace, right? Well, that's what you want to do. Like create a choose your own adventure kind of. Yeah, that's cool. We t- were chatting before actually off camera about Beer Farm, um, which Keely's a part of now. Um, and we're just talking about events and um, yeah, yeah, no, nah, the event design is always fun and maybe there's some concepts that you like that you're like, oh, I don't know, either if you ask us to come to an event or whether you just do it yourself. Um, no, it'd definitely be cool to collaborate in some way at some point and... I think you've got a meeting coming up, so... I do. We'll, we'll get ahead of that first. Yeah, we'll ask what I can actually, um, where my boundaries are so I can, yeah, not just go full events every single weekend like I would love to do but we'll see, we'll see what happens. Well what like, how much workload have you got? That's an interesting question because obviously um, you know you're going to go into your meeting and all that stuff going to happen. What do you want to do? Obviously music um, is a part of a part of you like performing is something you know a facet that you have and um, you've got you know your, your bus which yeah. is cool um, which is through COVID, Keely built a recording studio in a bus, um, and Toasty Tunes, which is like doing all the up and coming artists an absolute favor. So if you haven't heard of Toasty Tunes and you're an artist, get in touch. I think Keely's got two, like so many submissions at the moment. So um, I'm sure she'll kind of figure out how that's gonna work. Um, Still try and get to most of them, which is good. Lovely. Um, but yeah, so you're balancing a few things, um, which is cool. Um, and um, yeah, I think it definitely offers you a different perspective to how you go about music. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So you, what, did I miss anything else? Did, so you got Toasty Tunes. That's pretty much beer it. Beer farm stuff. Um, I go up north. I work with um, some organisations up north as well, in mostly in the Pilbara, like with the Maori people. So doing a, um, we mostly put on events like concerts, we do a writing workshop with the kids, um, like talent shows and stuff. 
We've actually got the winner of the last talent show coming down to the Birds of Tokyo studio to record a song, which will be fun. Um, and yeah, and then I've, like, I'm kind of in the works of getting some more funding to collaborate with a few people. I've been going up there for since 2016, I think, or 2017. It's a long time. Yes, and it's only a couple of times a year, maybe three, four times a year, okay. depending on the year and depending on the programs we're running. But yeah. started off with Desert Feet. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they had that What's big C container truck that essentially was a studio and a massive stage. Oh, right. So we so started it with the front that. or something? Yeah, it opens up, had this like massive stage that comes down and the doors open, and then when it's all closed, it's a studio. So, but then they sold to an organization now in the Kimberley. Okay. So we just kind of have gear up there that we pull out and use in the community spaces, but and driving out to the communities and stuff and just using them in their little rec centers. But I want to go up there more and do more recording because there's just so much music up there that the world should hear and the bands are so keen to record again. So I'm kind of in the works with that. We'll see. Um, definitely. I was just there for sure. I was just thinking before. Um, you know, Kelly's one of those people where um, you're like you hope that they're getting the reward for how much effort they're putting in. Um, you know, like, that's so, you know, it's easy to focus on people who are, you know, space chain or, and they're amazing, um, great people. Um, they need a little less support and they need support differently. Mm -hmm. um, but, if, you know. But once upon a time, they did need support. They did, they did. They did. Um, so, you know, I guess that's probably where you're, you know, you're facilitating that pathway I guess maybe is that what you focus yeah, on or I like? think I just um, there was no one really like sporting emerging acts anymore and it, I was kind of sick of looking at gig, gu gig guides and not seeing the sport acts as well you don't see the headliners playing yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know it was just hard to kind of understand what the scene was and who was kind of up and coming and who was launching music and that type of stuff and so Toast Tunes just really hones in on that like listing the support acts and um, you know, every time we do the gig guide every week, we see, oh, they're releasing an EP, and if I haven't heard from them, then I'll reach out. So there's as much reaching out as there is getting submissions, you know, like I don't just wait for it to come to me. I do see what's around and, and who's kind of emerging and kind of poke around and listen to stuff, or if I want to hear the song and do a post. And I'm very non-selective as well. I try and be as diverse as I can in terms of genre, um, age, everything, like, you know, you're a real lover of music. Like that's, you know, most people would just favor some sort of genres, right? Well, it's easy to stick in the indie genre because Perth is super saturated with indie yeah. sort of folk music. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely the most prominent on the website. Um, but I do try and poke around in other genres as much as I can. I used to be a metalhead when I was a teenager. So yes, okay, is that where that comes from? Yeah, so it's kind of good that Perth has a good metal scene. Um, it's really easy to do those reviews. Most people would probably struggle reviewing metal music. But because wow. I kind of grew up listening to it, it's a bit of a throwback. It's kind of nice listening to metal here and there and doing reviews. But yeah, it's just something that I enjoy. Start off as a hobby, um, fully self-funded, and it's just kind of starting to get to that point where I feel like it is being recognised enough by Emerging Acts and it is sort of needed by Emerging Acts as well. So yeah, we'll see where it takes me. Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying before, um, talking about video stuff, but now I'm thinking of it, feel free to like ask, like I'm happy to support or do take photos or video or stuff like that, you know, if it yeah, helps thanks. someone. Um, yeah, we try and do as much 
big content like most of it is news in terms of like what's coming out and yeah. interviews yeah. Um, and then I always add a little bit of a review on that song as well but I'd love to get into more live reviews but I also I value the artists um, as in musicians to the point where I'd never want to charge them but I also don't want to ask um, you know writers and photographers to just do work for free either so I try and pay like up to this point I've paid everyone again out of my own pocket like that I've wanted <laughs> to wow. do because the blog doesn't make money it's a full passion project but I mean I don't have to do it you know it's yeah. not like it's just one of those things that um, it'd be great to get funding for and you know so I can actually get more reviewers and actually pay them and pay photographers for their time and appreciate all artists you know not just musicians well yeah geez that's I feel like how do I even kind of like understand that my understanding is you are fighting a, a, an amazing rewarding um yeah it's so rewarding campaign you don't worry about them like you obviously do it when you can afford it you don't starve that week to get a review up you know yeah <laughs> you yeah, just go and you pay yourself or something you know? <laughs> <laughs> um like i don't pay myself unfortunately but um yeah it's it's definitely rewarding and it's so rewarding being in the music scene and having such a bird's eye view over the scene, like I can, I can tell, I can pretty much predict which bands are friends with who based on the amount of times I've played together, or I can actually tell you where a band probably lives based on how many times they gig and where they're gigging. <laughs> and I, <laughs> literally, I've, I've had conversations with friends that are at Whopper, and I'm like, does this person go to Whopper? Does that person go to Whopper? And they're like, yeah, how'd you know? And I'm like, because they always play gigs together. Right. So you can kind of start to see. The patterns and like I don't know, it's just really easy to kind of like figure out. That's small. Yeah, right. You're but it helps with so much. It helps keep gigs diverse. Like every time I book a gig, it's it's different acts. It's not the same acts or just my mates all the time. And so, well, in that case, one, what does this? What's the scene? What do you think is going on with the music scene? And two, um, after that how does that what what is that on like a social level like the everyday person how are they and musicians like what's the day-to-day -day kind of feels for those people you know well perth is amazing in terms of music just people always go to melbourne uh, once they get to a certain point which i think is great for there's a lot more management and booking and stuff over there but in terms of the actual scene and community i've just never seen anything like it in perth um, I lived in Queensland for a year and I really struggled there. I was like, I don't yeah. think it'd be easy to kind of make a music career like, as a musician, but also there was only a couple of gigs on that week, like maybe one of Mike and I, like our gig guide has music on every single night of the week, like even Mondays there's music on. So you can go and see live music any day in Perth, from open mics to touring acts to you know local headlining EP launches and stuff. There's so much young talent as well. Um, yeah, it's yeah. incredible. It's incredible the young talent coming through all over the world, but Perth especially, I just think it's really nurtured here. It's obviously it's hard to to tell because we don't know. What, we have no comparison if you if mm. you're living here um, and you haven't True. you know spent lived a long time or seen the music scene elsewhere. Um, yeah, I just like for example, I don't really know. I can have enough. I have kind of an understanding of what like what might you know what people want to go and pay for maybe yeah um but yeah no that's yeah there's a uh, yeah that's it's good to hear that's great to hear mm. um sometimes you get worried i think there's a bit of a saturation sometimes with 
in terms of the internet content, that's for sure. Definitely. Um, yeah, I try not to keep it too saturated. Like I try and limit to one post a day. Sometimes it's two posts a day, but well, as in I'm that might be once a week, you know. Well, I'm talking like music versus everything else. Oh, I see like what you're saying. the content is about all this other funny yeah. stuff, you know. So, you know, post-COVID, maybe I'm not sure where we're at post-COVID. Um, if we're probably, mm. I feel like most people are back into the routine of going to gigs again and like, you know. Yeah, it's um, definitely dropped a bit, I think. Like, okay. I used to run a few events for Toasty Tunes and they were definitely easier, sort of, immediately after COVID when people are sick of being inside, but I feel like it's dropped a lot. Um, not sure why, not sure why that is. Even talking to friends that manage bars, they said there's not as, you know, many people coming through anymore. I don't know right, if people just right. got used to staying at home or. People don't have really money at the moment either. Like, True. I've definitely felt a dip and even yeah. the quietness in the studio because people can't afford to go and record songs because mm. it's not essential, you know? Yeah. I'm so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely just, I don't know if it's post-COVID or just the economy or what's going on, but yeah. everything ebbs and flows, so I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, it always ebbs and flows. I'm just having to think, you know, definitely um, there's an organiser and, um, you know, um, for those listening, I guess, yeah, everyone's, you know, often people are interested in thinking about, oh, how's it going and what's it like? But um, I think it, it, it kind of pushes the, the creativity, right? Like you've got to be creative in regards yeah, to definitely. what you've, what you're going to do, you know, like that's obviously we I guess, um, you know, uh, different types of shows, different types of, you know, it's good to see, you know, yeah, whether, yeah, different kind of stuff, I guess. Well, that was kind of what happened when COVID first hit because... Being a good guy, yeah. <laughs> I was pretty gutted. Um, things oh. just started to sort of take off to the point where I wasn't reaching out all the time and I started to get submissions and things were starting to, you know, roll on their own and then COVID hit and I was absolutely gutted. I think I spent a week just like pretty, I don't know the best way to describe it, like a bit of fear, a bit of depression, a bit of like... I don't know, that feeling when you've like put in so much work and then it just gets like ripped away from you, out of your control, is kind of like really deflating, I guess. And then after about a week of sulking, I was like, all right, what are we gonna do about this? Like, yeah, yeah. And I came up with the idea to do the online streaming gigs and we called them couch concerts. And there was only one other that announced that we had the same idea simultaneously. It was like a national one. They were doing more international acts and stuff. I can't remember what they were called now, but um, yeah, we were one of the first people in Australia to start these live Instagram concerts. I couldn't pay any acts, unfortunately, but um, it was more just to keep everyone a little bit sane. We ran them every Friday night for, I think it was two months. That's sick. And there was about eight acts or six or eight acts on each one. Um, and so I just set up the you know, tag everyone, have their set time, and then you just go onto their Instagram live at that yeah, time. I'm trying to think of, yeah, right, there was, wait, I remember there was one with like Mikey Dunno and all like on the East Coast, maybe, there was, yeah, maybe? No, I don't know. That was, I'm I can't trying. remember who ran that one though, I know which one you mean, but they did, there was another one as well who were doing was ones that, with like Vera Blue and, but right, I can't remember right. Was that later maybe? No, the one that was doing like the international acts was, the same, we announced it the same week from memory. Yeah. And then um, there was a couple more, like both of Street Songwriters did started yeah. one as well on like oh. a Thursday, I think, yeah. um, which was cool. So it was just great to see people jumping on because I was like, that's awesome, you know, for artists to be able to still do what they do and feel connected. People, everyone felt connected. Like people were setting up their TVs and 
mirroring their phones yeah, and having yeah, like yeah. full little wine nights with their housemates and dragging <laughs> toasty tunes in it and stuff. And it was just really nice because it was a really uncertain and like kind of scary time in the beginning. Like no one knew what was going to happen. And, um, it was good to just still feel connected to everyone as well. And I've still, got, I've still got um, artists that are like, yeah, we still play gigs together. Like oh, artists oh. connected and networked still through those events, which is really cool. And um, yeah, just really nice. And it's, I guess it's, people don't uh, probably understand, um, you know, when you're meeting other artists, that means you can put on a show, you know, a double show, you know, or, you know, support, or you can yeah. double headline, and that really can kind of make it viable, or, or a great time, just a great time. But it's really good for that, eh? Like, supporting each other, and I don't know, it's just nice. It definitely is good to see, like, you see so many communities, like little sub-communities, depending on where you live, and yeah. if you went to Watford together, or, yeah. um, like, when I first got into music, I was kind of hanging out with, yeah, Dono, and, um, like, Luke Fox, and <laughs> yeah, all yeah. those guys, Ben Catley, yeah. Lucky Ross, and, um, I felt so lucky, we were just like that coastal sort of folky kind of Scarborough crew, and, um, yeah, it was so nice to have a Good community of people around, and Chloe Schofield and Ruben Demello and Lydia Demello, just such. They're a all great. So like, yeah, I, I got introduced to the scene probably late. I think I saw Riley play. I had a I had a partner that was really into acoustic music. Yeah, maybe five or six years ago, and that was the introduction of like like going to gigs for me um, rather than just listening. Yeah. Um, and then Mikey Donner, but yeah, right. So like, live, you know, the Demellos and yeah, yeah. They're like all these people you're talking about are like people that you know have served the, you know. It's been amazing scene. to watch them all grow too. Like the first time I met Donner, he was playing at anybody used to do an acoustic night on a Wednesday, club acoustic or something. It's called really. And um, they used to bring the couches out into the bar, so it was like full sit down. Really. Can like sort of like dim lighting, just acoustic, and. Michael Dunstan was playing this one night and it's actually a really funny story. So me and my girlfriend, I was studying at the time, I was at SA at the time yeah. and I was living out of my van as well. So I used to park up, park up at hers a lot, we'd sleep down at the beach, whatever. And yeah. um, Wednesday nights were kind of our night, like, because I had Thursdays off uni. And anyway, we were sitting there, probably like half a bottle of red wine deep and Donna gets up and we're like, this guy's amazing. And then this random lady comes in and she sits right at the front and it's like one of those like drop a pin oh, events, yeah. you know, oh. and she sits right at the front <laughs> and she's, I don't know what was going on, whether she was drunk or what was happening, but she just starts like yelling stuff out, like in a positive way, like she wasn't being negative or derogative or anything, but like Michael, it was just so funny because it was like, read the room, man, you know, like read the room. And <laughs> Michael, Michael was being so polite. He was kind of like, oh, what, sorry, what was that? And like answering her and like being really polite. And then how, um, at this point, how much poise did Michael have? How much? So much poise. You know what he's like. He's very kind. And how was it? What were you, what were you maybe? And like how? Oh, what was practice this? was this? I reckon like 2016 or maybe 2017. Yeah. He was, and, he was um, pretty like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw him maybe twenty eighteen. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, yeah. And I saw him. We we got off stage, and this lady was like, you know, all over him and stuff. And you could see he was really uncomfortable. So my friend Kaylee, who I was with, went up to him and was like, Oh, hey man, I haven't seen you for eight. We'd never met him before, but she was like, I haven't seen you for ages. Like, come come over for a drink. And he was like, Oh yeah, I will. 
And he just comes and sits with us and he's like, thanks so much for like saving me. <laughs> and that's how we met. Like, and then yeah, right. I got put on a bill. Like, I just didn't think anything of it. I was like, yeah. oh, I'll probably see him around. At yeah. this point, I wasn't even really gigging much. And um, one of my first gigs in ages was at El Grotto and it was with Michael Dunson and Ben Cutley. And then that, the rest was just kind of history from there. Well, why don't El Grotto do more of that stuff what they do? I think they do. Um, I know that, I don't know what their structure's like now, but I know they took a lot of money from the door. So I know a lot yeah. of artists kind of stopped playing there. Um, I think it was something like, oh, I don't want to botch this. Cause I, and I love El Grotto too, so I don't want to talk shit about a venue that I absolutely love. But um, out of all of the venues in Perth, it was just the most expensive structure for yeah. artists. You were, it wasn't yeah. like you were there to make money. You were kind of there because it was always packed out because it was El Grotto. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was a really fun venue. Always had the best time playing there, but expensive. It was expensive, yeah. Yep. Uh, it's... Well, it wasn't expensive in the sense like it would cost you money, but it, you would miss out on a lot of your door. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like a massive amount of it. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what it's what the structure is like there now. I'm pretty sure they still do Friday nights, but they did for a while. Um, I don't do the gig guide anymore, so I only peruse at it every now and then. Yeah. But um. Yeah. Yeah, as far as I know, they still have shows on there. Um, but, but yeah. Yeah. But that was where we always used to hang out. Wednesday nights they used to do like six dollar chicken, ten dollar chicken with five dollar <laughs> schooners of stone and wood. And yeah, right. Yeah, we just had, we just ran on luck there. It was like a bit of a vortex a, for us. Wouldn't get a beer for five bucks these days. No. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, okay, yeah. Well, I'm just yeah, that's that's it's. I'm just thinking about that family feel of, of music um, and you really really hope that that's the case because for up and coming artists they're often you know they don't have that support and that, mm. that I guess consistency and support you know it kind of keeps you, probably keeps you accountable probably you know you find things out people teach you about different sound things or different like mm. you know there's so much within music 100% you know. yeah um, no it was it was such like I felt so lucky to be involved in that community, like I just felt like I dropped into it in such a perfect time, and now I've got these like lifelong friends out of it as well. That is that. I think that's that's the that for me that's the goal. Mm. It's actually the friend long lifelong friendships. Um, yeah, and the real friendships too. Like as an artist, you do have a lot of those people that just see you as like this amazing person because you're an artist, and um, I can totally get it from a perspective of people that can't play it because you always think it's so much more amazing when you can't do the thing right um but i've definitely had a lot of fake friends along the way as well so there is that side of it even when you're not famous yeah right this is this look this is a this is not a mingle exclusive like that is in like this is not just a music exclusive thing like no, that's obviously that's throughout life yeah that, for sure and this obviously in this respect being good at music or helping you know being someone that can elevate someone else because you know you've got you've got either you know you've you know you've got people that want to come to your gigs and you can put them on as a support or i don't know what that always looks like but um you definitely over time you know what's the word uh, yeah the, the the focus people's focus would probably become evident you know um the, yeah. and the reasons why they're around and um yeah definitely over time like you say I'm really bad at reading. I've written songs about how bad I'm at reading red flags. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm not bad at seeing them. I'm just bad at like listening to them. Like I, okay. I just always choose to be the 
like cup half full kind of perspective of like yeah. giving people the benefit of the doubt and seeing the good in them instead. Yeah. But most of the time to my detriment, just letting... It's, uh, I'm just trying to think of like, it's one of the, I don't know, yeah, you, you make me think about it and it's um, first to give, but then when someone, you know, when someone is, you know, um, and you've got to be careful yourself, you know, like you've mm. got to understand other people's boundaries as well. And, um, I think you can get blinded by love, even in friendships, but, which is something that I didn't really expect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm just trying to even, I'm trying to think, I, I, I think I'm, my, my current like response, maybe it might evolve your, your answers here, or you might just have good examples to give. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying, I feel like in the last couple of, obviously you might value the same thing, that's obviously, it, it's that's tricky, right? You might just value the same thing. Yeah. Obviously, um, a, lot of my, a lot of friends, other friends of mine value community, um, mm -hmm. and um, they'll be doing their own community thing, and, um, you know, and supporting other people and stuff like that's always a big thing. And you really, you, like, you, you're vying for the industry versus, not. it's not about versus another industry, but in terms of, you are, if you, you, I'm not unaware that the fact that, um, you know, other people are thinking about other stuff, right? And yeah. that's per perfectly okay, everything's great and in balance, right? Um, for example, in the community where it's probably good to socialize and have a healthy um, support network, that's really what it's vying for. Yeah. Um, over, for example, um, you know, spending six hours on Instagram mm -hmm. each day. Um, yeah. I'm sure even Instagram wouldn't encourage probably that much consumption, but totally. I think the average these days is around there. Is, is it, it really? Four to six. Oh my gosh. Um, wow. But I probably used to be around that, I reckon, but I'm hardly on there anymore. Yeah, I'm moved over to TikTok. <laughs> That's why. Well, I've just replaced yeah. it. With oh yeah, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. So yeah, just like just just in terms of like. Um, well, yeah, just talking about balance, right? Yeah, like exactly. Other stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, yeah, it's yeah, you're competing, right? We, you know, competing. Even music is, and even the music content that you're putting out, you're competing with, um, you know, like other people, all this flashy stuff, right? And you're like, I often sit there being, you know, into video and doing video. I'm like, this is gold. This is amazing. This is like this experience and especially some of the suburban vibes ones you're just like mm. i my heart is like through my through my feet right now and you know um so you know it, but that isn't really people aren't necessarily um going and doing as much of that you know or like yeah. those really healing we'll call it, you know classic that's healing experiences that's why i love accusations like because they look after artists and they look after fans and they're just looking after everyone really and like they're supporting venues, they're, I don't know, they're building community and it's, it is very different from, you know, venue, music venue gigs are totally fun as well, but they're not always financial, financially liable for artists, you know. Um, I don't even think we're actually that like I think we're just in the in the genesis of the financially viable for for artists like I don't no, think we're I fully think, there. Honestly, you guys are, you know, definitely above and beyond what. Same with suburban vibes. Any sort of backyard events, um, you know. Once I was at a backyard, like a new backyard events popped up, and I won't mention any names here, but they basically were taking all the money from themselves, like to kind of do up their backyard for these backyard events, and I was all like. Right. 
I caught it out because I was doing sound for these events and I was getting paid for sound, but then I did one as an artist and I was kind of given that like, oh, you're cool with 50 bucks sort of thing. And I was like, well, where's all the 50 money bucks. going? <laughs> I was like, where's all the money going? You're charging like 30 bucks a ticket. There's hundred people here. Like what's going on? 50 bucks. Um, and or then, even a hundred bucks, like well, that's, even that's like. Wasn't like, the whole point of moving out of venue to like skip put that more artists and like money in that pocket of the artists, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so now they just you know wanted to do what they back out essentially, and I was like, no, 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 not on my watch. And then I knew a couple of other people that were playing there, and I I was like, make sure you pay them properly, like, yeah, because I got my payment properly. And then I reached out to them one. Or one of them was like in the studio with me and I was like, you don't mind me asking, did they pay you properly? Yeah. And they were like, no. Nah. I don't think they even actually got paid. <laughs> in the oh. end. So I was like, not doing that sound job again. Um, and yeah, kind of gave, like, they tried to play the like, you know, I'm just new. And I was like, it doesn't matter if you're new, you either have the right intention or you don't. Yeah. Like that, that to me is just like a moral foreground that you completely walked over and didn't really care about or think about and even lied to me about it so I'd think you were doing the right thing and then you didn't. So mm, I'm just um, trying to think like and the takeaway for you know for gig goers like obviously there's a takeaway for organisers. Yeah, um, which is totally fine. There's so much that goes into those events that people don't realise and I think that they should they should definitely be taking a cut of that. If well, I think it's the best biggest thing I can do is ask for support. You know. Yeah. Um. I think I think in terms of when it comes to music, I think there's there's I'm not worried about what goes on. You know. Mm-hmm. There's so much music that needs to be shared. Yeah. And there's so a lot of different types of music. You know. Really, at the end of the day, you just look. F- you're so- you're solving a problem. That's yeah. what. You know. For example, Toasty Tunes is is that right? Um. So, that's where yeah. Yeah, and they are, you know, I'll just move and shift, and and mm. it's you're trying to make an impact. So it's about what the people need. So um, I guess you know, if people are in that position, like you're talking about, then ask for support. If you need props, you need something. Yeah. You know, if if it means that you can pay the artist more, reach out, yeah. ask for help from other people. But also, if you were starting a business and you needed to outlay a little bit because you wanted to decorate the area, that to me is on your own back That's or maybe you don't works. make any money from the first couple of gigs and then you start making money like to me you don't get artists in and people to your house just so you can redo your house like that's what it kind of felt like and you needing to decorate your backyard for this gig is wow. not really a good enough reason to be taking all the money um safe to say those didn't last long but a lot of the people that were playing those gigs were from my couch concerts yeah and the last thing I wanted to do was be associated with that type of business because I've built my whole brand off the complete opposite of that. Yeah, yeah. You're like, you know, yeah. not charging us. You're under. You're not, you know, asking for 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 return or to- even money for time. Um, Never. Yeah. Well, yeah. What do you think? Um, yeah, interesting to see. What do you think? Uh, musicians are going through at the moment um, in terms of what's it like you know like to be a musician obviously you know you could probably you could probably you got a lot of musician friends so you could speak mm-hmm. a little bit on their behalf um, as well um, yeah I think I don't know I don't know it's hard for me to I haven't been as fully immersed in this in the scene as an artist for a while been mostly in the industry but I definitely feel 
Like, I used to do cover gigs and stuff a lot, and I find that they used to be some of my old reliable to fall back on if I needed extra cash. And for some reason, venues like the fee for, you know, playing at the pub on the weekend has almost cut in half in the past three years. Oh, wow. Which blows my mind. Um, at least leave it the same. Like, things are getting more expensive. and Yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't believe it. I sent out about 50 emails last month and some of the fees like I my fees are extremely reasonable and I've been playing under those fees for years and years and I actually get told I'm not charging enough but um these venues were trying to cut me by 50% and I was like oh wow mind blown so I don't know I think that there's definitely but it's the same kind of consensus that I think has always kind of been around like on one hand people really admire artists but on the other hand they don't really value it you know not everyone fully values it either um i don't know it's hard for me to speak because i'm not fully in the scene at the moment but um and i have my own personal reasons why i kind of stepped down away from you know building myself up to be more i kind of realized it's not really what i wanted to be that full-on touring artist and um but you know if you're in perth you you know whenever you play a show you get lucky you know yeah, the I lucky chance to i like just saying um the best part about doing video is um is the fact that uh you get to be so close to mm-hmm. the action right and yeah i'm saying well more just saying it that i i am i'm grateful that i get to watch you play um you know, even if you get to have me play. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even if you're not doing, you know, like touring, being a touring artist isn't the epitome. Like as much as it, you know, it, it's it's obviously what is success. You know, what is what is, it, it comes back to a classic, like more mm-hmm. of a um, annoyingly philosophical question of life. Like mm-hmm. you know, someone that's you know froth and laugh the most is probably you know, and that's mm-hmm. whatever way that comes, whether it's touring for some or whether it's um, you know, Sharing jump and connecting, yeah. And yeah, supporting others as well on the journey. Totally. And, um, yeah. yeah. I know what you mean. But yeah, to answer your question, I can't really answer the question because I can only really speak for myself. Um, and because I'm not really doing tours and stuff anymore and all that, yeah. I just don't really know what it's like. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming most artists are still struggling at the moment with you know, just the aftershock of COVID and trying to pick everything back up again. But I think every artist's journey is completely unique as well. Yeah, I think there's a yeah, there's a lot more uh, part-time kind of stuff and, and work. You know, yeah, I think that's yeah. probably always been you know always been the case. But yeah, um, yeah, it, it's 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 interesting. I'm just all I all I know is in terms of. Um, all I think about is how much, how many gigs are available, you know, in terms of just like, yeah. cool, rock up, do your thing, pay a good quality amount, or you know, and then yeah. um, you can continue on with that. You know, obviously court tours and and doing shows yourself, they're, they're absolutely great. Um, there's obviously more admin required. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my only way I think probably I don't I didn't think of it in a more wider lens in terms of obviously there's a media promotion part of it and then there's obviously mm. um, yeah but things that pay pay you yeah I guess I'm guessing Even when I did an Australian tour I did it with Lilia who was yeah. at the event and 
Um, we ended up driving all the way. We started at Ellie Beach and then all the way down the coast and back. And we did a few backyard events or cap, um, lounge room events. And they actually were the best ones because they're just, I don't know, people invite their friends more and it feels more like a house party vibe and it's intimate. And they were the, all the shows that sold out, like Ellie Beach were in this massive backyard. I think there was almost 200 people there. And it was actually bigger than our Perth show. (laughs) It was the biggest show of the tour and um, it was the most wholesome and beautiful part of of the tour. Kaylee, who I was talking about before, who yeah. was with me with Michael, yeah. um, she hosts backyard gigs over there now. So yeah, yeah, it was interesting to see that. Like, I think people just enjoy that connection more than you know. Obviously, it's harder with big bands. You can't play in a lounge room. Yeah, mobbed by the super fans. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think that but, I always but, wonder if uh, artists miss that though, like big artists that you know are incredible and paid to like mm. how many thousand people at Splendor in the Grass and Coachella. But then mm. I'm like, do you miss the little ones? Do you miss I the little intimate sort of side? It's a, it's a good segue. It's a good segue. I think I'm not sure if I shared before. We're doing. We want to do some pop up ones. So literally that. I think we're sitting actually in one of you know, and I mate. This is Andrew's Andrew's place. Um, Andrew's been amazing. He's just like helping us, you know, like move things and get some he loves it though. plants in. Um, him and I um, have really thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoy Andrew, just his, his existence and we just tinker on things. And um, But yeah, those, I think maybe, because, you know, you're thinking of those, I think I'm like, is there enough opportunity to get paid? It's good to know, understand more and more and you do as you, as you go because it's different, mm-hmm. like people pay different, ways and stuff like that yeah. um, but making sure that it's viable for artists I think yeah pop-up shows and will probably be something that will you know will feature with hopefully to support more just more gigs for people because yeah. at the moment our capacity because you know I'm you know finishing physio um, you know two, every two months is kind of the capacity because you want to put on a good great show yeah um, yeah exactly and you want to design, you know, also the community part, you got to design. and. But that's where it's organic because you're not doing it to make money. You're doing it for the community and for so many other reasons. And you can quickly feel when things are ingenuine. Like, even with this up north stuff that's brewing and potentially us doing more recording, like, um, Adam, who's been working up there for, like, 10-plus years, was my old boss, and he kind of saw the proposal and was like, are you serious about this? Like, I'd be pretty keen. And he was like, I don't want it to be, you know, one of those classic indigenous box ticking things. Like, I want it to be genuine. And, and I was like, it would easily evolve, like, in a genuine matter. We've both been up there long enough. The community knows us. Um, because, yeah, there definitely is a lot of a lot of that in the music industry, isn't there? Mm, I, I want to sit on ponder on that and see how I can kind of reduce that in the future or, or maybe an attitude you're definitely not though that's the point is like if the fact that you're even pondering whether you're doing that means that you're not does that make sense yeah I guess yeah like I think that I, I, I'm a big action person so it's like obviously pondering is a great thing but you have so many other intentions of why you're doing it and you know making money as an organiser is just part of that and well deserved as well Oh, it, it's not about making money that's why you're not doing it so then that's you're doing the right thing to be honest I think you just want to 
I think you just want to pay your time. You're not 100%. trying to accumulate like, anything. Well, For example, every gig, like you, you know, obviously things break. Oh and yeah, you, tear. But even if you are getting paid for it, same with Toasties. If I can get funding and bring that to the next level, then imagine where I could take it when I can put 100 percent more of my time in there. You and know what you, mean? more impact you, you know you and can it's make. And same with Mingle. It's like you're doing it at your capacity at the moment. Because so I need to make money somewhere else. Because I there's no not. But that's because enough. you want to build it organically, and it will build organically. So they always say, what is it, like three years it takes for a business to like fully operate yeah. um, sort of in the background and also be profiting, which I've experienced for sure, like with the studio, with Toasty Tunes, three years is definitely the mark. And this is, I think it's a good kind of, this is a great kind of piece to, um, I'm not sure, it's not necessarily mental health, but it's not like obviously finding yourself, finding what you're into. Once you find that thing um, and you're like, oh, I want to do this for five, 10 years, be pretty sorted. Obviously, we definitely mm-hmm. live in a um, in the community scene. Often, that there's a lot of jumping around, which is good, and it's good to test and try. Yeah. Um, it's also a question, you know, when people, um, you know, probably jump into music and they get frustrated about not growing or not doing things. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, one of those things where, um, from my understanding, it's if you want to be here for ten years, you will probably do well, or you or you'll just really enjoy yourself, and that's yeah. that's the success the success anyway. Yeah, totally. I do believe that if you want to get what you want out of it, you would, like, it's just about, I had a, um, the council, what a student council, or like chaplain at um, SAE asked me actually after I graduated there. Oh, we didn't even say that. SAE, you were teaching yeah. at SAE? Yeah, so I was teaching there. What's that for everyone else that doesn't know what SAE is? Um, School of Audio Engineering, so, but they do film, design, games, and web, I think. Amazing, right? Like a cool little new It's institution. amazing. That's where I got my audio degree. And it was literally the most fun I've ever had. So going back to lecture there was a dream come true. And it was just so much fun. Um, just <laughs> hanging out in studios all day and just talking about gear and teaching about microphones. And like, I don't know, it was so cool. And um, one of the highlights actually, I used to teach. Because when I left SAE, you just get spoiled with all this amazing equipment. And yeah. it's just not something you can afford when you first leave. And it restricted me a lot for a while. I was like, I can't make music because I don't have any gear, even though I had like really basic cheap stuff. Yeah. And then I started looking into things and I realized like um, Bonnevere recorded for Emma forever ago with like a, it's like a snare mic, like a snare 57. 57. 58, sorry. No, 57, that's a 58. 50, 57 normally an instrument, right? And 58 is yeah, normally vocal. Yeah, 57 is normally on the... Um, We're giving all these things. Hopefully... hopefully on amps and snares and yeah, things okay. like that. Hopefully they're, there's they're some... They're um, actually not bad vocal mics, but... Hopefully there's some people that want to get into music that are listening because they're going to get something out <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, they, he recorded everything with that and, you know, I think the only thing he did was the trumpets in for Emma forever ago, the... Um, all the songs for Emma, I think. Yeah. But yeah, he did the trumpets for that later. Um, well, while we're here, who, what kind of, who would you do you want to, have you doing any much recording? Do you, you know, that, this yeah, is, that's a really cool thing because that's part of you. You know, it's not, the artists aren't you that you are recording, but it's cool to be part of the journey and then also to know yeah. who's, who's part of their journey. Yeah, well, I've kind of found my niche now and it's working with emerging acts that, I'm sort of their first stop, really. Like, probably haven't been into a studio before. Yep. It's awesome having the bus now because my rates are really, really affordable. And yep. I don't have the overheads. It's all run by solar. And, um, yeah, it's cool to kind of 
Soul is cool, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's all like brewed <laughs> and um I I really love producing. So basically they'll come to me with this acoustic idea. I'll get them to list a bunch of references of where they kind of imagine it's going. Yeah, right. And then I just have so much fun. I either produce it in the box or I hire session musicians just from... So you, know, you help like direct, I guess. Yeah, basically I'm in the room using the artist, being like singing them stuff or like I'm hearing this or I'm like wow. um, programming drums or recording live drums. So basically this acoustic demo turns into this fully produced... I wish we were in your studio now. That's, I'm just <laughs> yeah. like... One day you guys have to come up there. But um, yeah, I definitely yeah. found my niche and it's just production because at SAE I re- kind of produced my whole EP from, from that point. Yeah. Just wrote them on a acoustic guitar and then... So you can do a few things. Like you can play a few things. Well, I actually went to SAE to just learn how to record my own stuff and I just absolutely fell in love with production. And I just found it so... Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because when I was in primary school, I played clarinet, so I played in a full like, school band and yeah, yeah, yeah. orchestra and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so my first like kind of teachings of music were hearing all these multiple layers of things and how they complement yeah. each other. Um, and... I don't know if that just kind of wired my brain to be able to hear a demo and then being like, oh, I'm hearing this, I'm hearing this. And yeah, it's really cool to see songs come to life and it's so creative and rewarding. And If you ever want someone to video while you, while <laughs> yeah, you, while in the process, um, totally. often for release stuff or just, I want to be there because that's, I dig that. That's not my skills. Um, and I'm happy for that to be someone else's skills. <laughs> Same um, with the filming stuff. <laughs> I've tried it and I'm just like, it just doesn't click like, I guess what you <laughs> Yeah, no, that's what, that's what, you know, you've got community or people for, right? That's Everyone me. does different roles or... Totally. That was awesome. Um, thanks to, uh, to those listening um, and thanks for joining us for the no podcast. for having me. It was awesome. Such a good chat. <laughs> That was fun. Oh my God, that was great.